What's going on, everyone, and welcome to episode number 102 of the Xbox Roundtable. A really awesome experience to just kick back, relax, unwind on a Sunday night and listen to some really passionate gamers. I'm your host, Invader, and I'm really looking forward to tonight's topics. But before we get into them, let me introduce our panel. And hey, you know what? We have a returning addition to the show Jeremy Downer, how have you been doing, my friend? What's up, Mr. Invader? How are things going, man? I don't ah. know if you call passionate. I've been out of the loop for like two months. So gaming's not my forte right now. But if you want to talk about like, you know, chickens, deer, cow, I'm all game, <laughs> buddy. No pun intended, but yeah. <laughs> what about cigars? Let's talk about cigars. Uh, I haven't been able to smoke those either, man, because... Uh, today was today was actually the first day I've smoked in a in a while because I've been sick. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, Jeremy's been a bit under the weather, everybody. But hey, he made it for the show. He's back. The downers back in action. And, I think uh, it, I think it's the weather change and the altitude change over here. Because once I got here, I was sick immediately, and I've been sick for a good two weeks now. So, yeah, yeah. barely getting over it. Yeah, well, uh, you've had quite the big change in scenery, and uh, I gotta tell you, it uh, looks pretty darn good from where you're standing. Yeah, literally, scenery, yep. <laughs> Absolutely, well, it's great to have you back, but uh, Centurion, buddy, um, how's things going at the Gaming Crusader end? Ah, doing pretty well, man, just... Uh, working on a little bit of content when I have the time. Also, just playing some games when I have the time. Um, somehow, I got sucked back into Destiny 2. I'm a little confused on it myself, but I'm actually uh, enjoying the whole mechanic once again. It's a very, uh, also, how shall I say, um, addictive shooter mechanic. You know, you just kind of run around just obliterating everything and feeling like a badass. Destiny 2? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, please tell me you're not joking. I mean, please tell me you're joking. Uh, um, Destiny Two is there still a crowd that plays it. I mean, consi consistently, dude. They um, when they launched the game expansion um for Shadowkeep here um just I think it was last week. Um, now there's this is kind of like a double edged statement here. There was so many players that they had to shut down the servers for emergency maintenance. Wow. But there's a but there. We do not know if so many people were getting on the servers that they had to do that or they are no longer with Activision. So did they not have the budget for enough servers? So that's where it's definitely a big question on was there so many people playing the game that you didn't anticipate it kind of like with gears yeah. or was it, did you guys not have the coin to flip for enough servers and you obviously got bit in the ass for that? It's going to be like one of those unsolved gaming mysteries. Oh You'll yeah. Never know. <laughs> but Today no, but, on gaming theater. But yeah, no, <laughs> there's actually a very active community. Like uh, just before I came on the show here, I did a, a public event and, uh, there is probably like me and five, six other players just all doing the same public event. Wow. So it definitely, no, there is definitely a good amount of people that still play the game. Um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. And uh, obviously still grinding away at uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Just finished the main campaign. Now I'm doing the DLC. 
And uh, then when my wife took me out today, I actually picked up Greedfall. I'm wanting to check that out here later tonight because I heard that that uh, it's a really good RPG that's up there on the scale with uh, Dragon's Age Inquisition, mm-hmm. and yeah. I enjoyed that game, so I really want to check it out. So literally the only gaming I've done recently is just on the iPhone. So I, I had a chance to take a look at the um, the Apple Arcade, which is excellent, by the way. I don't know if you guys took a look at it, but it's $5 a month. It's really cheap. Uh, and they have some great titles on there. You know, they have the Oceanborn 2. Uh, I'm sorry, Oceanhorn 2. Uh, Overland's great. Uh, I think that strategy game, uh, Red Rain, is good. But there's some good titles on there. Capcom makes some some nice titles on there. So, But you guys got to take a look at it. And it's like a... Um, it's updated now to where if you take a look at it, it tells you whether or not the, um, you know, it's controller compatible and stuff like that. So it's a lot of good games uh, for cheap. So it takes up a lot of memory on your phone, but there's some nice titles on there. Uh, I will mm-hmm. be truthful. I, I don't like how closed off Apple is. Forgive me. Um, that's probably like a big nerd thing for me, but I have been an Android. Well, I'm like a Samsung whore, so I've I have had Galaxies for years now, um, and uh, I've just been an, a big advocate for Android to where yeah. I've never owned an iPhone. I hear you. I hear you because owning mm-hmm. an iPhone is almost like being in prison if you think about it. <laughs> oh, they're very close, but it's also like a it's almost like a blessing because you don't have to worry about you know certain viruses or spyware oh, yeah. or stuff yeah. like that. They're very secure. Right. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it's very restrictive. You know, you can't you can't do certain things. I mean, you can't do really anything Android users do. But uh, unless you jailbreak the phone and, you know, even that's that's iffy right there. But um, I've always appreciated Android operating system because of that. You know, you get all your emulators and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, guys, just so you know, uh, we are missing a few panel members tonight. I think Tim is going to be joining us in a little bit. Uh, South is out of action tonight. Shock and Megatron, I believe. So just be a few of us. But still, hey, you know what? We got a jam-packed show, and we're all really excited to be here with you. Who do we got here in the chat? We got Italian Clowns. Oh, he's really excited to see you, Jeremy. Siberia. Indie Gamer. Oh, lots of good guys here. Michael Monkey Punch. Hey, Monkey. Uh, who else? Who else? Uh, Jeepers Creepers. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Uh, really just, uh, we got some fine people coming in here. Shizno Elite. Oh, man. It's already starting to get jam-packed. All right, fellas. Ready to get into tonight's topics? No. All right, well, that's the end of the show, everybody. We'll uh, catch you next Sunday, hopefully with the full crew. (laughs) All right, well, why don't we start off with a light one. New releases. I hope you guys have been paying attention for the past couple of weeks, what's been coming out. And there's been some notable releases uh, to start off October. Ghostbusting makes me feel good. We got Ghostbusters, the video game remastered. And man, does Ghostbusting make me feel good, guys. Anybody interested in this? I, I've had a chance to play the Xbox version, and it's it's a great game. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played it, Centurion, but... Um, Twice. Oh, okay. <laughs> the plot and story uh, were actually sequels to the, the damn movie. So, 
It was actually uh, written by the original, like, yeah, like exactly. Harold Rames, Dan Aykroyd, and Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they did a great job, uh, you know, on the fiction, uh, progressing the fiction of the story. Had good gameplay, um, uh, good mechanics, which is important for a title like that. But for me, for myself, I got to hear Bill fucking Murray, you know, and it's like, here, take my money at that point. So. I'm a big Bill Murray fan. I like Bill Murray. Um, but, yeah, it's a great game. And I pick it up for that price point, too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I played it. Well, here's the thing. Um, I, I have played it multiple times. I think the last time I played it was around the same time last year when it became backwards compatible uh, through the Xbox 360, Xbox One. And... You know what? I love that game. It has so much. It is oozing with classic Ghostbusters in it. Um, it's a shame that uh, a few other cast members couldn't have made it in there. But hey, it's pretty close to Ghostbusters 3. And uh, hey, you know, I can always that's a go to game for me. I can always pick up and play that game. I'm not sure if it's that much of an improvement from what I've seen. Uh, graphics wise, remaster wise. So but you remember the original, right? Actually playing on the 360. Mm -hmm. The graphics were excellent. The effects were excellent. Um, now with it being remastered, obviously, it's kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's not as eye-appealing um, as it was back in the day. But I still give it a shot. It's a solid game. Mm -hmm. No, hey, you know, I, I'm not trying to knock it or anything. I'm just I'm just saying, you know what, I'm not, I'm not seeing that much of necessarily an improvement but hey it's still an awesome game like you said it's just i don't know i'm just not seeing all that big in the remaster department but hey whatever you know i'm not hey more ghostbusters is a very good thing uh also out is racing game grid it'll be out in a few days anybody interested in uh grabbing this racing title no sorry pass all right sounds good <laughs> Sounds good. What about, you know, we had sort of touched about this game last week. Uh, came out a few days ago. Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Uh, any takers here? I oh. am wanting to. Sorry, do you want to go first? No, go ahead. I was just saying, um, there, I want to check this game out purely because I want to see what all the crying is about. Um, because I see people that really play games that are enjoying it. But when you read man you check this game out online oh my god dude it was like it had a metacritic of 56 with a user score of like 2.5 i mean like it was just getting torn apart and I you're just like, i want to check this out on it huh i think they're bashing on it just to bash on it i mean some of that's probably probably true but i mean I, for the most part i think people are just bashing on the game I don't know. EA and and uh, Ubisoft have been taking a lot of flack lately. I don't know. See, I think I know. Every time a game comes out now with microtransactions, it, it definitely it, it's kind of interesting. As soon as a game comes out, it's like uh, there's microtransactions. Oh, it's an automatic eight. We'll go from there. You don't you don't get anything above an eight because you guys are trying to make more money. And I, I'm a big advocate for the fact that microtransactions have a place in the gaming world does it mean that we need pay to win no we do not but microtransactions do have a place in the gaming world 
um, just like other things. Just, it's just one of those things. Like, I'm never going to knock a game for having microtransactions unless it's pay to win, like the whole Battlefield right. 2 incident. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's some other games. I've heard some people saying that the microtransactions in this new uh, Ghost Recon are on the scale of pay to win. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't read anything directly. I'm actually wanting to do more research into the game before I buy it. But I also heard it's the sequel to Wildlands. So I want to complete Wildlands before I do end up picking it up. But if it came down to I had Call of Duty in one hand and Wildlands in the other, I mean, not Wildlands, uh, Ghost Recon in the other, I am pretty sure I'm going to end up picking up Ghost Recon purely because I know that, at least for me, I have enjoyed Ghost Recon more than I have Call of Duty's. All right. All, All right. right. And that's yeah. a fair point, too, honestly, uh, because, like, Call of Duty is just more like epic action, where at, like a blockbuster in a lot of ways, whereas Tom Clancy games, I don't know, that like the Ghost Recons and whatnot, they tend to be more like tactical. Invader, back in the day when we used to play on the original Xbox and PC, we used to have clans and clan parties. Uh, and land parties with the original Ghost Recon games, Island Thunder, you know, all those games. Mm -hmm. Those are rigid. Those were tense battles. Not like today where it's all running gun fast. We're talking about very tactical, just like you said. Um, and it was tense. Those I don't know if you guys remember those old Ghost Recon games. But, I mean, if they can bring something like that in multiplayer back somehow. Um, like PUBG. I think PUBG has done a good job with the tense um and the tension in the game. Um, and they did a good job as far as that goes. But that's what Ghost Recon was about. I don't know if you guys remember. but Oh, yeah. Back in the day, I mean, I used to be uh, pretty big into the Ghost Recon games. So I definitely know what you mean. Uh, but you know what? Breakpoint, it seems uh, like a really interesting game. I might delve into that at some point. I might get it on like a Black Friday or something. Just there's so many games right now, you know? Uh, yeah, not to be absolutely honest, man, I wasn't even expecting to buy Greedfall. That kind of came out of nowhere. My wallet's already hurting. But I not the game that I'm waiting for is, uh, oh, my God. How, how is Greedfall, by chance? I haven't played it yet, uh, but uh, like a... DJ Black Raven on Twitter and some other guys have tweeted out saying like it's just like Dragon's Age uh, Inquisition, which was a really awesome RPG. Oh, wow. um, I've even read the reviews on the Xbox Marketplace. Um, and to even leave a review, you have to buy the game digitally just to leave a review. So it's actually got some pretty decent stars on the Xbox store, which really has me intrigued. Um, it definitely looked right up my alley because it kind of brought back those that memory of old Bioware games where you see the main character going around and, you know, acquiring new characters and all the back, back when they actually made good games. Oh yeah, man. Like <laughs> they're talking like mass effect and even the original dragon's age, dragon's no. age inquisition, you know, even um, mass effect Andromeda at least had that in there where, you know, you had, the main character and then he had the support characters and right. as you progress through the game you had more characters you could choose from and you could kind of create a squad that was tailored to how you wanted to play the game and yeah that's definitely something that always intrigued me about greedfall and then obviously just the concept of it just looked really really awesome so i was just like you know what i'm gonna check it out um 
But what I was going to say was, for me, the game I'm really looking forward to, obviously, October 25th, Outer Wilds. Uh, I'm really not outer outer worlds why do i always do that every time outer <laughs> worlds and then uh then in november uh the major purchase that i'm gonna buy at full price is obviously gonna be uh, jedi fallen order oh yeah that looks great yeah yeah actually it's really interesting seeing uh ea support a single player driven game like that i'm really curious to see how that one turns out it looks really cool um again so many games on the horizon even just some smaller ones to uh definitely jam-packed to say the least fellas um lots have of you games guys, have you guys seen that uh that indie game that's coming out called after party yes that i'm for so i'm not really heavily into indie games i mean it has to be an indie game that took it has to be really eye-catching for me to want to play it i'm not against indies i just have yeah. too much time I mean, I mean, I don't have enough time, but uh, yeah, for some reason, this has really caught my attention. The whole concept of having a drinking game against the devil. <laughs> well, I mean, visually, that game looks really, really cool. And uh, I don't know, like it just it, I definitely want to try that out. Uh, that and the, that Felix the Reaper game too, coming to Game Pass. That actually kind of caught my eye, too. So lots of stuff going into Game Pass day one nowadays. So uh Definitely. I, I need you guys. I need you guys to bear with me because I have I've away from my Xbox for like two months, and it's coming up soon, October twentieth. I'm getting my Xbox back, and everything will be hooked back up and ready to go. So, eventually, I'll know what I'm talking about again. So, <laughs> when do we ever know what you're talking about? Actually, about never. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, yep. You see, everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, fellas, who else do we got in popping in here? Uh, One away Dragons TV. Thank you for joining us. Uh, lots of people still popping in. Uh, Megatron, what are you doing in the chat? Get your butt in here right now. Um, all right, guys. Well, let's move on to the first meaty topic. And a few days ago, Microsoft unveiled some slick new tech. I don't know if anybody noticed, but they announced the Surface Duo an Android-powered phone, and it looks like they teased something for Xbox gamers as well. During a brief snippet, we saw a Project xCloud game running on the Duo, and it looks like Forza Horizon with, with uh, well, some touch controls. And this is pretty significant, as all you need is just your phone to play. No Bluetooth controller or anything like that, although that would be still cool to have. But what do you guys think about the Surface Duo with xCloud technology taking advantage of the hardware? Because really, all you need is your phone to play these games. Well, the first thing I thought was, can you completely fold the phone or the device to, you know, connect a, a controller to it? That's the, you know, that's, I still can't play on the phone consistently enough to where I'm engrossed in it to play a game or online game if I don't have that controller. I mean, maybe I'm an old old school console gamer but i have to have a controller or a mouse or a keyboard i can't i can't do it with this, just a touch screen yeah and it does well it does look like you can fold it jeremy from uh, the video that i've seen and uh yeah but that was my first question and i think it's smart of them to use the i don't i don't think they have a choice but to use the android based uh system which is great i don't know if you can go back to windows who wants to go back to windows but <laughs> Um, but I think it's smarter than to do that. Um, 
did they talk about specs yet? Um, I have not seen specs personally, but mm. I mean, they just kind of teased it from what I could tell, because uh, uh, they had a few different new Surface uh, line products announced. Yeah. And the Surface Duo came out, and they just had this little brief teaser in this video clip of, like, it looked like Forza Horizon playing on this phone. Uh, the woman had, like, uh, the touch controls out and just kind of playing on the go. Really, really cool stuff demoed, actually, even though it was just, like, a little gameplay uh, snippet. Well, but, because of the dual screen, I'm expecting it to be at least uh, eight gigabytes of ROM, um, maybe even sixteen. I think they're probably going to release a couple of versions with that, and maybe an eight or a twelve or a sixteen. I'm not sure. I have no idea. But um, you know, I think it'll be smart of smart of them to launch maybe uh, two SKUs with that. Um, but I'm curious to see just how powerful the uh, the duo is. Mm -hmm. I just like the look of it personally. I mean, it's simple, but it looks kind of uh, slick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I like the simple look personally, and it just kind of stood out to me. I mean, as Shizno Elite says, you know, I want the duo. It looks awesome, and I'm a sucker for new tech. Yeah, man, same here. And uh, yeah, you're right, uh, Z Black, right? It was just a sample, like a little like yeah. taster. But still, like, you know, they're definitely teasing it. So I think we're going to be seeing some more stuff very soon. Uh, Centurion, uh, what's your take on this? Um, do you think that like these phones coming out from Microsoft will take advantage of the X Cloud? I would not see why not, because they are beating that drum very loud and clear that they are wanting to put X Cloud on as many devices as possible, being cell phones and tablets. It would completely shock me that Microsoft would have this direction with xCloud and then be like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're not going to create a, our own compatible device. Um, <clears throat> but by I'm just the one thing that is amazing me about the whole Microsoft Surface division and that whole idea, like because they even have uh, Windows 10 on them now. Yeah. Does anybody remember in the day? I believe his name was Terry Meyerson, the guy that wanted to keep the plague of Xbox from getting anywhere near the Windows platform or the Surface idea. And now here they're blending these two <laughs> the, these two concepts together. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's not really the Windows 10. Op it's, it's more, well, they said it was going to be Android-based. So um, I don't think they're attaching... You know, they're not attaching it to that. I think it's going to be two different things, which is good. Well, I'm just saying that there's more there's more cooperation now within the uh, the Microsoft executive structure that they're now obviously wanting to take gaming a lot more seriously than they were at the beginning of this generation. Are they are they really taking gaming a lot more seriously? I mean, I, game Game Pass is. Uh, you don't really see it when you go into movie theaters. You don't really see it. Uh, they need to do a better job promoting Game Pass. They need to. They need to do a better job promoting, um, you know, the X Cloud. And to me, it just—it's one of those things where they're slow playing everything. Now with X Cloud, I can kind of see why they're not going to be rolling out the door, throwing that out there. Hey, join X Cloud now, because it's just getting into the beta stage. 
um, <clears throat> they don't want to be, uh, you know, sticking their foot in their mouth by saying, yeah, hey, play this service that's going to be completely, you know, not what people expect at first. You can still get people excited about it without having oh, yeah. to, roll out, you know, roll out the but, deep. And I feel like, uh, you know, it's they ha they've missed the mark with that. The same with Game Pass. No, now mm -hmm. I understand their marketing has been, uh, shall we say, lackluster this generation. But let's uh, talk about how things like I understand what has happened in years past, but looking at 2019 in a whole as a whole, um, as soon as Crackdown 3 came out, like the old regime was pretty much done. They hired they, they hammered the final nail in the coffin on everything <laughs> that was before that. And yeah. it started concentrating very hard. I have seen more advertisements this year alone for Gears 5 and Game Pass at the end of that, like it was mm -hmm. in theaters. It was at like, I mean, like we were out at a restaurant and during a football game, they had really? a Gears huh. 5 commercial come on. And at the end is like, play now on Game Pass. They definitely need to be yeah. beating that drum a lot harder when it comes to Game Pass. But yeah. I like I, I see some new direction in the marketing department from Xbox because they've even hired some new blood in there. And they're actually start like let's uh they've got the Star Wars game. They've they're got they've got <laughs> what'd you say? Said so they're actually spending some money regarding yeah, marketing. They, they acquired the marketing rights to Star Wars. They acquired the marketing rights to Cyberpunk. Yeah. They acquired mm -hmm. the, the rights to uh, Breakpoint. Uh, to Breakpoint, which you know it's it's not exactly taking off, but the point is also let's look at some of the celebrity um, stuff that they acquired. You know, you had um, <clears throat> multiple e uh, multiple WWE superstars involved in the advertising for right. Gears Five. You had um the the new day and uh what was his name uh phenomenal aj styles they were at e3 downstairs mm -hmm. with rod ferguson helping advertise uh the new um escape mode and then fast forward we have dave batista who's basically been hyping gears five everybody knows that guy wants to be playing marcus in the gears movie or television show whichever direction they want to take that and uh, so, you know, they put him in the game. So there, and even uh, I watched WWE. There was there was um, Gears 5 commercials on the WWE Network during pay-per-views. Nice. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, th the marketing team is definitely picking up like we had little uh, we had little Wayne advertising Breakpoint. So there's definitely been a little bit of a step up when it comes to the marketing and the direction that Microsoft, they understand that they've been not exactly kind of hammering it out of the park and that they needed to change direction. And I have just seen signs of them wanting to change that direction. Now, sadly, we're at the end of the, we're at the end of a generation and they're not going to be, uh, excuse the expression, going balls to the wall and completely breaking the piggy bank to market the hell out of the end of a generation. Well, but if this is signs of what's to come for next generation and especially with some instability that we've been hearing coming out of some other camps. If you, I don't want to get into other subjects or anything like that, mm -hmm. but like, I mean, like, if by, <laughs> right. If by some chance Microsoft can keep this steam going and the cooperation that they got going in their, um, in their executive structure, I am really have high hopes for them next generation. Now yeah. you guys, you guys have probably noticed this too, but a lot of these games that they're, their marketing, right? Like Metro, um, you know, uh, they've come to Game Pass quick. 
And I think what's going to happen, too, is you see games like Cyberpunk and Star Wars. I think you're going to see a quick turnaround with these games coming to Game Pass within the next, you know, can you say month or two? I don't know about Star Wars because that's an EA franchise and they have EA access. Now, Cyberpunk yeah. potentially, but EA, oh, yeah, dude, they, they would go down fighting. I mean, like there would be one hell of a serious check involved for that to even be like rumored to be on Game Pass just mm -hmm. because EA has EA access. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. EA access. That's the thing, right? EA isn't going to put it on Game Pass without it going to at least EA access first. And even then... But you know, you how many months games, you see these games with a quick turnaround like Metro. You also seen the devil may cry really quick within a month or two. I've seen it on game pass. I think mm -hmm. if they can capitalize on, on that, I think game pass has the potential to be huge. If yeah, not well, well, they got to go to publishers or developers that don't have their own um, kind <laughs> of all access yeah. subscription service. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I definitely don't see EA and Ubisoft being big players in Game Pass. But, you know, when we're talking like from the smaller guys, like with Met, uh, Capcom, um, who uh, who is the plat did Platinum Games do uh, Metro Exodus? Who did it? I forget. Uh, 4A. Or 4A. You could get what I mean. Basically, mm -hmm. these smaller publishers that do not have the bankroll to all of a sudden go out and say, hey, let's get a server farm and start making uh, a subscription service. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, it's interesting where Microsoft is taking the technology and we keep getting these little uh, tips and teases. And I just, I'm really excited at the technology and looking uh, forward to things to come. Uh, XCloud <laughs> is very promising. Well, so. we were talking about the duo. We got way off course with I know. I'm sorry. That's what happens when you <laughs> chit chat with somebody with ADD, man. It just goes down <laughs> a different rabbit hole. No, and absolutely. No, no. Hey, you know what? It gets you talking and gets you really excited and that's totally fine. And uh, you yeah. know what? I'm, you know, I'm just interested to see where uh, this takes us anyways. But you know what? We're going to move along here, guys. And Playground Games, they just, they keep raking in talent these days. The studio just picked up former Rockstar Games lead, uh, lead tester, Nathan Buchanan. And he will be with the Forza Horizon team as an associate producer. And I think he's working on Forza Horizon 5 or maybe possibly a new game. I don't know. It's hard to say. But, I mean, I would put my money on a Forza Horizon 5. Do you think that's coming next? I hope not. I want Fable. I was talking to Tim about this. You know what? What have you done for me? Playground games. I'm, I'm talking about, to me, okay, Playground games ha does not have the resume yet, okay? Once once Fable comes out, or if it ever comes out, or if it's even in existence, um, it needs to be huge. And I'm not talking about the, uh, the Peter Montague, uh Fables. I'm talking about a Zelda-like Fable where it's really going to take the industry by storm. It needs to make an impact in this industry. Um, and that's the only way I'm going to be on board with Playground Games. They can hire all the talent they want. But if they don't nail Fable, uh, to me, I mean, if they make another racing game, it's just it's it's going to receive a, a lukewarm a response. If you don't mind me hopping in now, what would create 
a fable game that would take the industry by storm are we talking a fable 4 sequel or a reboot of the franchise as a whole just a reboot and the franchise as a whole new mechanics mm -hmm. new story new characters new everything that's now, what it would be now uh would you want to see it more because fable was always this like whimsical like very colorful world um kind of silly it never established a a living breathing world to be i mean you know zelda has their world the witcher has their world and fable always you know when peter created that series it never had the characters it never had the boss battles it never had the uh you know the the um how can i put it it, it just it wasn't at the same print at the pedigree as as a zelda or mm -hmm. or the witcher or or an open world uh, rpg action game so it never had like the big draw is exactly. what you're saying because exactly. i've been saying a lot seeing a lot of people over the years going oh fable needs to totally reboot into like a witcher style you know kind of like grittier and darker kind of a thing and i don't know i always kind of appreciated fables like British humor, silliness, and just more whimsically colorful world. Um, but you're right, though. I mean, I think they could do something like a little more grander scale, larger right. boss battles, like really step up the R RPG mechanics and so on. I mean, Fable had a lot of things going for it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a lot of things I appreciate about it. Um, but then there was also things promised, like Peter Molyneux, <laughs> like he, he made some big promises. Yeah, yeah, he made uh, a lot of big promises that just never came to fruition. Um, but I mean, at the same time, though, I mean, the, he had an interesting mind <laughs> to say the least. Um, don't you feel like like Playground Games needs to nail their next original IP? Uh, well, yeah, but uh, they're definitely taking it slow. They've been working on it for a while. Yeah. Like, I want to say at least going back to 2016, you know, when they started staffing up for it, and they've been slowly hiring. Um, actually, funny enough, uh, of note, uh, Playground Games has picked up a lot of writing talent. Uh, joining the studio are three former Rocksteady script writers, Kim McAskill, Martin Lancaster, and Craig Owens. Hmm. So, you know, Rocksteady is the studio that's done all the Arkham games, the Batman Arkham Asylum, Arkham Knight, Arkham City. Like, you know, that's a pretty big studio that, uh, you know, a lot of pedigree there when it comes to writing. So, you know, that kind of makes me think, is this is this for something new or, you know, could that be going to Fable? Because fine. I wonder when they're going to announce it, if they're going to announce it anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing, right? A lot of people talk about, you know, since uh, the OX is uh, event is going to be in London this year that they think that, you know, there's going to be a big British studio showing like Playground Games, possibly showing off a new fable or whatnot. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I just, I, I feel that that's more of an E3 thing, like a big E3 moment showing off a fable game. I don't think they need to show it off. They just need to be uh all right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us at XL. 
And right at that very moment, have Fable just start appearing above them at the end of the show, just to kind of like, you know, mind screw everybody and be like, oh my God, does that say Fable? And it's like, all right, everybody, have a good night. And yeah, just absolutely. That. I'm all for <laughs> that. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, like, it's still, you know, a coin toss if it's Fable, if it's a new IP. Personally, I think it's Fable because really, like, there's not too many RPGs in Microsoft stable that like have that kind of cloud fable is still like a big name recognized brand. Heck even Sony, Sony wanted to buy fable according to reports. They were that interested in it. So, I mean, to me, the IP has some weight to it and I'd be really excited what they do to it. It's been a long time since we've seen fable too. Like the last fable game, the last true fable game was back in 2010. I mean, that's if you don't count the canceled Fable Legends. So, did any of you guys try that Fable Legends? I didn't try it, no, regretfully. In the beta? I, I was in the beta. Oh, that was interesting. Beautiful game. Absolutely beautiful game. But, uh, yeah, hey, Playground Games is... Uh, man, they are really hiring. But they, see, that's a thing, too. If they're just hiring for writing right now, how far along could they be? Right, so I'm just kind of curious. I had a chance to play the uh, Fable Legends game, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, hey, I played a bit of it too, man, and uh, I don't know. Like, there were some aspects of it I liked, but I don't know. Did it feel like a Fable game to you? No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely. I don't know why they scrapped it. They were better off just releasing what they had for free or something. Uh, they just they just totally dropped the ball on everything. That mm. is a disastrous few years for Xbox, to be honest. <laughs> now I just want to like because it's always been a question in the back of my head. Do you think the situation on them not exactly coming out with Fable very quickly, or even wanting to talk about it if they are making it? We all know that uh, Xbox or Microsoft like to incorporate always a multiplayer element into most of their games they're not like their competition where they just make a sole single player experience that you never have a chance of inviting your friend along with all you guys can do is talk yeah. about it um so that's one thing i'm beginning to wonder is is the, the whole reason why we haven't seen this is because they have been beating their head against the wall on how to create that multiplayer experience in a game that has been pretty much since it's a uh, inception, uh, a single player experience. Yeah. I, I think you nailed it. I think mm -hmm. they are beating their heads um, regarding fable or implementing the, the multiplayer aspect to that game, or even if they are, uh, it's a challenging task for something like, you know, to bring a new element to the fable to the uh, fable series, who knows? I mean, Can you oh. hear me? yeah, Beast man, Beast hey. Boy. what's going on? Sorry about being late. Uh, just had a reunion show, I just got off of it. Of course, I'm glad, that my, my, I'm glad that my it was going well. I'm glad that my good friend Downer, who's uh, much calmed down now, living in the uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got a different man you, now. Good to see you. You too, bud. <laughs> yeah, Tim, we're just uh, talking about the latest hires at uh, Playground Games. They hired 
a whole ton of uh, writing talent, script writers, three former Rocksteady script writers. Uh, do you think that's for uh, a fable? Yes, I don't think it would be a fable to say that it's not. If it wasn't, it, was, it definitely fable is coming, and that's they're gearing up. I just uh, I wonder where they are in development. Yeah, well, that's what I was just asking because we all know that they've been working on an open world RPG since what about 2016 at the earliest, I would say. And if they're just picking up writing talent right now, not that it's not bad. I mean, hey, if you're coming from Rocksteady, that's a pretty nice pedigree off of the Arkham games. But, uh, you know, if they're just picking up that writing talent now, then how far along could they be and how far like how far off is it? Right. I would say right now we're looking at a maybe a 2022 holiday. 21 I don't see a 20 listen they they said in 2017 that they wanted to you know um, uh, do this open world game and obviously there was a little uh, bumps in the road but they haven't been fast and and I have to say one of the things that I've noticed it looks like that, that, that Xbox is kind of they're hiring fast in other studios but certain studios the triple A's or the quadruple A in, in, in initiative, they're being very, uh, they're trying to get the best talent that's they're out there. They're being selective. That's what they're being. Being very selective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh, also says something in itself. And like, it's interesting to see all these established developers all wanting to go to a Microsoft developer, whether it's the initiative playground games or other ones, because you hear about how Microsoft treats their developers no matter which one it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that that's, that's just a sign that people know it's, it's these, these are good jobs, you know. Uh, Microsoft well, is... Uh, let's be, let's be honest, though. They don't have the best track record. Yeah. No, and you're absolutely right, Jeremy, but they've also picked up studios that, you know, at the beginning of the generation, uh, they, well, they kind of screwed over. I mean, you look at Obsidian, right? They had an RPG in the works for them, and uh, they cut ties with it very late on, and, uh, you know, that almost folded the studio from the sounds of it. Yeah. And to kind of help with the whole thing, maybe they're picking up writers because, I don't see them jumping into an RPG with already an established story, but maybe, you know, the whoever's in charge of it is like, yeah, this story just isn't working the way I want it to. I'd really like to improve it. Let's get somebody in here that has some pedigree and story writing to help clean this up. Because also with any good RPG, you have side quests, you have background stories, you have the main story. Maybe that's where it's at right now. I think they maybe have the foundation for the story but it needs to be more fleshed out with the characters and you know some of the um some of the other characters in the game who knows mm-hmm. absolutely they have so many things to consider you talk about that you talk about things like uh graphics and animations i know downer is uh, an animation freak he uh he criticizes or he loves certain animations and games but you know those are the things that that gamers and experienced gamers look for and, and, and with playground, I think that they want to hit a high bar. The, just the question is, is that we know Xbox needs games. Um, I, I think that people were counting on it originally for 2021, but you're looking for them and, 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 uh, initiative. You're talking, I, I don't know, possibly 2023, 2024 with them. 
which is yeah. Uh, yeah. Tim, I, Tim, I was telling Invader that Playground needs to they needs to knock it out of the park with with Fable. They can't. I mean, to me, they're right. not established enough, and it's gonna make or break them. If their next game is gonna make or break them, I really feel that way. They have to nail it. Hmm. Well, I mean, we're still assuming that's Fable. I mean, personally, I think it is, but wouldn't that be something if it just turned out to be an entirely new IP altogether? That'd be <laughs> that'd be interesting. Yeah. I understand everybody is talking about this game could come out as late as 2022, <clears throat> but to like go off on a, uh, I guess on a, a dream ship here. Uh, let's <laughs> think about it. They already have assets for a. An environment from the horizon uh the from the forza series like just look at horizon 3 and horizon 4 especially horizon 4 oh, you're, you're talking about the engine well the engine but also the assets you know that's the funny part mm -hmm. if you're going around in horizon 4 just driving there's stone walls it's actually a perfect setting for an rpg especially one like fable to be established in all you would have to do is just kind of use those assets, tweak them a little bit so it doesn't look like you just brought something over from Forza and now you're building off of it. Um, but obviously, they already have some established assets, and I'm pretty sure they've already been working on character models and everything else for this game. And we've right. already seen with uh, Gears 5 or the Coalition, once you have your assets established, it only takes about two to three years to really crank out a good game if mm -hmm. you have a good team. Yeah, just to add on to that too, is it really a coincidence that for, you know, the you know with the timing of it all, that Horizon Four was set in in Britain, you know, and of course Albion Fables Albion has all that old world like English fantasy going on. Is it really all that hard to believe that they could? you know, take some of those assets and repurpose them into Fable? I mean... And you center on... I think it's possible, but I, just... I don't think that they're... I think that the, the way they looked at it is, is they're going to do uh, a fully new new engine yeah. um, type of game with, you know, all their, you know, their, their DNA, um, you know, within the game. I don't think that they would use uh, other person's assets. But uh, as Centaurian says, I wish I knew. Like, he seems like he has a good understanding of it. That uh, You know, explain that well. Um, possibly, maybe that's what they're doing. That they have the assets, they're getting the assets. And if that's the case, and they're really just working on writing and stuff like that, we could look at a 2021 release I, I'd um, have for to disagree with. I'd have to disagree with. But if uh, they, let's say if they were all set in place in 2019, that'd be two to three years. So yeah. that that definitely uh, shines a light on that. I I just wish that we could um, get like real insight on how development works. Because to me, that's it's something of an unknown. I mean, how these guys make games, and I mean, you even take a look at a game like Death Stranding. Um, that game was announced in 2016, well, 2015 degree, and then they went, they only went with it for two years, two and a half years, or Gears 5, or 4, announced in 2014, the thing, and they made the game in, in two and a half years, so it is possible uh, to make a good game in two years, three years, but the majority of these games that are really high caliber are three to four, I, I've noticed. So I'd have to five, when you get in the six area, then it becomes the, the developer nightmare, unless it's Rockstar yeah. or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
But sure, and both of you, I disagree with you guys on, on having the assets. I don't think they have them at all. If you go back to Forza Horizon 3 and, and 4, if you go around looking up. at the – you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear oh. you. If you go back and, and look at the assets, look at the buildings, look at the the uh, you know the detail, it's not there. It's very basic. And I know it's a racing game, and and you're talking apples and oranges. You look at GTA, and I know I know it's a different type of game, but if you look at the assets on GTA and it's the de- the detail regarding that, it's night and day between Forza Horizon. And, and and something like that. No, so. I was just really talking about the environment in itself. Obviously, the buildings are something to be desired. Okay. I'm just talking about like the grass, the trees. Right. They even have a dynamic weather program, so that way, as you're playing the game, it can start raining or whatever you want it to do, depending on the yeah. uh, the area of the game you're in. Obviously, there's a lot more detail, but it it, it gives you something to build off of. Yeah. Mm. And Absolutely. At, I mean, you look at the. Putting, you know, something like The Witcher, where, you know, they had the their environment already, and they had the the assets, and then you throw the uh, the detail in there, and it just causes a bunch of bugs. You know, I mean, look at Witcher Three when it first came out; there was a huge amount of bugs to that game, and I, you can imagine a multiplayer game like Fable having some sort of element like that. It, it'd just be it'd be crazy to develop for. Oh, mm-hmm. and also the bugs are just going to get more and more crazier as, you know, especially as oh, we yeah. lead in the next generation. This whole, yeah. like, we're about to get ray tracing in games, and yeah. that just opens Pandora's box for a whole nother series of bugs we've never seen before. Yeah. Absolutely. Probably, probably graphic breaking thing to bring wow. down the <laughs> System <laughs> exploding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, it's going to be interesting what happens with uh, what's going on with uh, Playground Games. All these, they're still on a bit of a hiring spree, and it's exciting. When I, when I see these kind of hires, it's exciting, and I know things are, well, coming along in any case. But anyways, guys, we're going to move on to our next topic, and there's been some really interesting movement going on over at Sony. Sony Worldwide Studios head Sean Layton announced that he's leaving the company. And it's not known when that will be, but it will be in the near future. Not only that, but Sony's Japanese arm is losing its president, Atsushi Morita. He's retiring due to age, apparently, and it's more of an immediate thing. So he's departing, well, as of right now. But just really interesting movements going on here within Sony, uh, especially with the release of a new console just around the corner. What do you guys make of this? Uh is Sony in trouble here, or are they just doing some kind of restructuring going forward? I don't. I've never thought Layden was a, a good uh, a face for Sony. Uh, I'm, I don't know why, but <laughs> you hate everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you hate equal opportunities at any chance, uh, any given time. Well, he, he, oh, down he was he was pulling a lot of strings, so you know he was. Yeah, he he wasn't just a face. It sounds right. like he was holding a lot of things back for the platform. The way all this stuff that's just happening. All hey, this guy's leaving. By the way, uh, we're reducing the price of PS now. We're doing crossplay and we're putting games on PC. Well, it's just there's, wow. There's an underlining to that. I think he had yeah. the old. He had the old mindset of yes. you know. Yeah, he had the old mm-hmm. Sony mindset, and he doesn't have the Phil Spencer. You know, quote unquote Phil Spencer mindset where they have to do something 
uh, next generation to compete mm-hmm. with with the environment. So mm-hmm. one thing about Downer and, and the reason why we go back and forth and people don't understand why we fight and do the things. He definitely is one of the one of the more knowledgeable guys and stuff like that that he brings up, like just what he just said is one of the reasons why I like him. I completely agree with what you said, and and I've actually talked to some people and I've heard that there things that would mimic or or that would that would uh, back that up. Um, you know, Jim Ryan. Uh, you know, he's a guy that probably was a little bit of a snake in the in the grass with this. Uh, somebody who said he didn't like backwards compatibility. Someone who said, you know, uh, you know, uh, we don't need crossplay. Save it for the kids. Um, when all, when if you didn't, well, like Centurion pointed out, when all that happened, all those things were just announced. So those were, right. the, in my opinion, that Jim was pushing. And like you said, uh, very astutely, that. Jim uh, Layden was the uh, actually the reunion where I just talked about the same exact thing. Layden was of the old mindset, you know, don't expand out to PC, yeah. don't give in passes, keep the traditional mindset. That's what won us this war uh, with this console generation. And then you had Jim in the background saying. What do you think we're gonna do? We're we're not gonna have the cloud. We're not gonna have anything. The the thing the the, the technology is moving forward, and, yeah. and he pointed to to Phil's model, and I think that um, in the end Sony got spooked and said, yeah. you know what, let's go Jim Ryan's way. Well, you see what and happens Jim, when you, you go ahead when you say uh, when you segregate, or <laughs> is that the right word? When no, you, you can yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. You know, when you segregate, segregate, you know, different people, you lose customers, and that's what it comes down to. And then, you know, the the whole game, um, you know, the whole, uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, the whole uh, crossplay debacle, and you know, and people got upset about that. And I'm sure they lost customers about that over that. So you know, it, it's it's a it. That's what it comes down to. It's um, servicing the customer, and at that point, maybe they weren't on board with it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think Sony should have taken? Now, like, there's a lot of old, there's a lot of old traditional gamers. Uh, you know, even in my the, the the reunion show, we all know them crap, and maybe some of the guys yeah. that they're really of that traditional mindset, like. I just want everything focused on the console that's under my TV. I don't want any of this passing down my software to PC, or I don't care about going to the bathroom, sitting on the bowl and playing uh, Halo 5 or or God of War. I just yeah. want it as my streamlined experience. Nothing needs to change. Do you think that that's the right way to go for this generation, or do you think Jim... It's, it's not. It's go? not, but you have to have a niche, and they have to have exclusive content. They have to have it, Tim. You can't be, sh- you know, maybe it's, it has to be timed exclusive, but they have to have something to where it's going to attract new customers. And, you know, having their games on every platform, having every, it's not it's not it. So if they can incorporate, um, you know, uh, exclusive content, exclusive games to that, that's something that's appealing. You know, and on top of the added features that they have um, with everything else, like Game Pass and and uh, Project X Cloud and stuff like that. I mean, if they can have exclusive content, it's they're going to be a power a powerhouse. 
worldwide. And I'm not talking about in the States because they need to get out of the States mindset. Um, if they can, if they can tailor themselves to a worldwide audience, which Phil has done a better job doing going out to Japan, going out to different markets. Um, he's done a better, a better job regarding that, but we need, uh, we need a niche. <coughs> mm -hmm. I agree. I think that's exclusive in the end, exclusive content is the, probably they're both going to match each other. They're both going to be on PC, possibly both day and date on game pass PSN now, but the side setting factor and, you know, you've always pointed this out to me and why, you know, your problems with Xbox in the last couple of years, and rightfully so, was the lack of exclusive content. I think the exclusive days of talking about it's exclusive if it goes to the PC, uh, it doesn't make it exclusive. I think those days uh, are kind of over with. A console exclusive is, is enough to be uh, an exclusive, in my opinion. Very mm -hmm. rarely do... There's not really a large amount of people that are playing on PC. Most people are playing on console. Um, if you want to bring up people playing, uh, you know, uh, Farmville on their PC, that's just that's just going to hold up. We're talking about console games, AAA yeah. games. Most of these games are being played um, on console, you know, and obviously sales prove that. But uh, when it comes to exclusive, I think the console exclusive is going to be the new exclusive next generation. And that's going to set them apart. Xbox needs to, as we spoke about, you know, in the last topic, they need to kind of get to the level where Sony is. And, you know, Sony's not, you know, just standing flat-footed now. They're, they're buying studios. They see what Microsoft is doing. And, and I think that their exclusive suite most likely will probably be better again than Xbox's unless Xbox keeps really pushing the envelope. Um, and that's going to be a determining factor. Yeah, mm, absolutely. Now... I'm going to move on to an, like kind of segue into another topic because they keep trying to one up each other with a competition. And in a sudden move, Sony has cut the price of its streaming service PS now and monthly subscriptions are now $10 a month and yeah. yearly yearly comes in about 60. So that's a pretty like big price cut here, considering that they were like, you know, halved. And also, it was revealed that a batch of new games will be releasing into the service. Games like God of War, Infamous Second Son, Grand Theft Auto V, Uncharted 4. So, hey, you got some pretty substantial games, big-named games here going into the service. Yeah. So what do you guys, like, make of the recent changes here? As it seems now, like, you know, they're be it's becoming very similar to the Xbox Game Pass. So I had a chance to um, take a look at it. Obviously, I subscribed to it. They offer the seven-day trial, and then after that, it's the $9.99 per month. Um, they have some really nice titles on there, Last Guardians in there, God of War, obviously, what you talked about. Um, the service itself, the streaming service itself needs to get better. Um, it's still not as, you know, the functionality of it is not quite as, uh, precise as I would like it to be, um, but still, you can down, you can go in there and you can download the games. You can download uh, natively God of War, uh, which is a great feature and it's a great price. They have the games for it. That's something that Game Pass has and kind of doesn't. Uh, PlayStation now has a great price point. They have the games on there, um, and it's just an overall great deal. And then you can also play on your PC. You can stream the games on your PC using the app. Um, and I just tried it on a, on a PS4 Pro. 
uh, downloading God of War and also downloading uh, The Last Guardian, um, which is are two excellent titles and two two titles that Xbox does not have. So mm-hmm. it's it's definitely a, a good deal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The uh, pricing is uh, a lot more competitive now, and they got a lot of attractive games in their service. But that's the kind of things that you get with competition, with uh, Microsoft doing the Game Pass, for example, and putting their exclusive games in there, not to mention a whole I, bunch of other games. Mm, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm not trying to like jump in. It's just I, I feel like... The, Again, I don't want people to think I bash Sony, but sometimes I see through it. It just feels like they were tossing a bone when it came to the games that they put in the service. Um, purely because like Xbox uh, with Game Pass is out there trying to put games that are, shall we say, a little newer. Yeah. I understand that, that um, God of War being the exception... If you haven't played that game yet, you're a fool. So I'm glad that you I'm glad they have made it more easily accessible. But that being said, they just put God of War in their greatest hits. Yeah. It's like, by the way, the games you're getting are all can be sold to you right now for $19.99 or less. So at this point, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna ever label label anybody a cheapskate. I know that there's people out there that can't afford gaming uh, you know, the way they want sometimes. It but I'm just saying that if for you're putting games in there that are like $20 on the regular now, and then I understand they have Grand Theft Auto 5, but I, like I said the other night, we, you know, when someone's born in this world, you get a birth certificate, social security card, and a copy of Grand Theft Auto 5. And uh, yeah. so it's just like, I'm like, when I saw these titles, I'm like, I am still more interested in their backwards compatibility library. Yeah. Mm hmm. No, absolutely. Who isn't? Who isn't? That's a that's a nice uh, a, um, nice a display of games for the older generation. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I think that um, thank you, Game Pass, uh, because you opened uh, Sony's eyes to this that uh, you can you know do this type of stuff and and you know uh, get customers. And I think Sony's pricing is is uh, uh, honestly, I think. Uh, Game Pass should kind of adopt it too. Um, I think what is Game Pass 120 a year? What is Game Pass? Is uh, that's I, Game Pass Ultimate. Well, uh, the cheapest I have bought a year of uh, original Game Pass. This is before Game Pass Ultimate. This was on a Black Friday deal. It was 80 bucks for the year. Yeah. So I mean, listen. The bottom line is they're they're competitive. I think Sony. Um, uh, is, is smart to try to do this now to try to get awareness of this because what I see, I see where Xbox is going to go. I kind of think that they're going to tie uh, xCloud into Game Pass and I think that's going to be another um, you know, another thing that, that that's a little bit a feather in their cap because yeah. they can offer that. But um, it's only going to get better. Both services are only going to get better and you know, Sony was just kind of in an antiquated mindset up until I hate to say it last week, and that might like go back to what we were talking about, Layden and his, and, and possibly having that type of mindset, because the way the world's going, in my opinion, uh, I think Microsoft and uh, now Sony are, are are going about it the right way. This is this is the way you have to get people in, and and um, I wouldn't be surprised if one day PSN now has 
uh, day and date. And, you know, like we talked about, uh, Sony's strong first-party offerings, if they get day and date, really hard to pull, push that down. And, and it could actually uh, take away. Tim, I think it's coming. That. It's coming. I, I think it's coming, too. But then, then you have somebody. Then, then now you have a Game Pass subscriber that has both systems. Now they're saying, hmm. You know, uh, uh, you know why? Why don't I just go with the better games? And that's what plagued Xbox this year. This generation was yeah. that the games kind of really outweighed itself. But the thing that you think about, maybe this is why Microsoft did what they did. They knew people were going to max out and do what pretty, pretty much everyone did on this panel: max out and then convert. So they have you for three years. So in the, in the, mm-hmm. the the amount of three years, what happens then is going to be a far different landscape than we have now. But uh, again, it's I think it's a smart move from Sony. Um, and something that I quite frankly, I was talking a year ago, I said this doesn't, this is going to be something that Sony is um, behind in. And uh, obviously they, they've gotten the memo or Jim Ryan, you know, uh, you know, ruffled a couple of feathers and you know, I think I think uh, if if he becomes the CEO or he becomes what Layden was, I think that's a telltale sign of that. This is where they're going, and they'll probably match whatever Xbox has and their offering plus the cloud, um, because they know that they still hold that advantage in first first party. And if yeah. they have that advantage first party, that you really, if you can compare both, people are going to mm-hmm. go with. Party. Yeah, uh, Microsoft has, has had to like win over like consumers a lot this gen. They've done a lot of goodwill with uh, you know just the natural local backwards compatibility. Uh, again, like just they've been doing a lot of goodwill stuff, and uh, you know Sony's been kind of dragging its feet with a uh, few things. So yeah, you know, it, it's just interesting going into uh, into next gen uh, what they'll both be doing. Um, now, if you don't mind me, uh, I got two things. First off, um, when it comes to Microsoft Game Pass, I understand PlayStation has the major, major advantage when it comes to the single player experience. One thing that Microsoft has under their belt, though, is they are they're still working on that single player experience that's going to get everybody raving. But one thing Xbox can do is create a multiplayer network that is very yeah. hard to match but it's, and they, it's only what? i'm sorry to, to interrupt you but it's only a handful of games if you look at the the multiplayer games that dominate uh, the internet and the gaming world it's third party Ex- exactly but that's also where it is they integrate a heavy amount of multiplayer into their service for starters but it is also not an industry secret that xbox live is the superior service their servers are more, are better maintained. It's a more reliable service, and it's a more secure network. So that is definitely something that can't be denied. Uh, here's the funny part. You go right now and walk into your local GameStop. I showed this in my last video. The co- Go and look at Destiny 2, a game that has heavy exclusivity through uh, PlayStation with you know exclusive raids and stuff like that. The game is worth less on the PS4 used than it is on the Xbox One. Well, that has, though, no, that has nothing to do with, with it. Has to do with how, uh, units sold and all that stuff. 
That, and that, that it just anybody who's really hardcore, like hard, hard, hardcore multiplayer on a console basis knows that Xbox has that whole market cornered due to reliability and security of the that's, network. That's not the reason why Destiny's that price. Well, it, let's instead of going down a rabbit hole about that, who gives a shit? Yeah. Well, at the very <laughs> least, uh, it, it I happens on multiple titles. A game yeah. like Sea of Thieves, I know you're you're your most loved game downer. But the game obviously still being played. <laughs> it's still a multiplayer experience that's uh uh really not offered by Sony exclusively. And Xbox definitely they're they're triple looking. The Last of Us too they got rid of their multiplayer and look at the backlash that they got. Xbox does have mm-hmm. that, that, that feather in their cap as 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 I was mm-hmm. saying. Or I, I mean, as Centurion was saying, and I agree with that. I think both. Listen, I think both services, thank you to competition, are just going to really oh, yeah. be awesome. Uh, uh, I was just going to say really, that. Was there really an outrage over Last of Us? To could, I think yeah, it's there. There was an outrage, bro. There, there was. There was. They, they there created was. a petition. Wow. Yeah, there was a petition made to try to force them to uh, create the multiplayer, or at least release it, or whatever. They um, came out. They They were, yeah, they were very vocal. Yeah. Now, the second thing I at least just wanted to add real quick is I am not going to say by any means Microsoft has won this generation. We all know PlayStation has killed it. But I will also not say Xbox has lost this generation because look at the fact that they have sold half the units of PlayStation, but they have affected the industry on such a level and scale that even though PlayStation is the market leader, they're having to adapt their business plan as a result of what Microsoft has been doing. It's a very good point. Mm-hmm. And I think Absolutely. we all agree. I think we would all agree. A lot of people like to to, to downplay Xbox, but um, as you noted, Xbox Live is is, is a, 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 the best service going. Um, you know, we can say it goes down or, or whatever. Every service goes down, but the, the durations of the outages have never been as long as I've seen on PlayStation. I've seen PlayStation go down in a, for a day, or like you know, a whole night. I've seen Xbox go down for two or three hours and obviously everyone complains invader was going crazy the one when gears went down but that that was that was two to three hours you know what i mean um but the, and the xbox point- has an interface on the console to let you know what services yeah. are being affected mm-hmm. playstation good luck right. on getting any kind of yeah. a response out of them good, good luck you gotta you gotta uh, ask uh uh, some Twitter guy. Hey so, man, uh, I wanted my gears fixed. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, no, no. But the point is, the point is, is that you've come up to an expectation, and, a, and a, you've come to an expectation that you you want your game and you want it. You're not waiting. If listen, like I said that night, I think I was saying it to to Colt Eastwood. They were like, it's gonna affect the Metacritic. I said, listen, if this goes on all night, yeah, maybe. Then Invader would probably throw his computer out and make a video about it. <laughs> failed him but it didn't it was only two to three hours but my point is is that the overall quality of what xbox gives is it, it should be commended and um you know uh bottom line is that uh, uh they, they put out a quality product and, and they were forward thinking and maybe because they were behind this gen that it made them adapt that way maybe it was because satya was saying hey you know, I'm not liking this model that you have. You have to get some of the services or we're going to just, you know, this will be the last Xbox and we'll just, you know, offer Xbox Live or something like that. Like, 
or who knows, but the way Xbox from 2017 to now really has promoted their services, Game Pass, and, and, and I really believe xCloud is going to be uh, very popular because I do think, unlike like Darren was talking about, I think the experience, even though he'll probably bash it, is going to be much better than, than what's going on. I think it's going to actually be better than Stadia, well, too. Which, okay, if it's, if it's the best of what we have, meaning it's better than Google and it's better than sony's experience and it's better than uh, yeah i'll be happy with it because it's the best right Hmm. all right well well, i mean we'll see soon because i know the the beta is coming out and soon after that now is beta only available to uh preview members or Uh, you You have to sign up but you have to sign up, and the people listening, do not try to sign up on a Windows uh, phone. I mean, on iPhone or a Mac. It has to, for the most part, be done on a Samsung device. Um, I do believe you could do it on an old PC, like your old Windows 10 PC. Uh, but do not try it on the X iPhone. I've been I tried for two days, and I did some uh, asking uh, around. It has to be you, on a what's device. What's the uh, What's the link? Do you have a website? I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you right now. Okay. Yeah. I'll put it in. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll, we'll, I'll get it to you. We'll stick with the uh, PS4 theme here. You, right? Okay. And we'll move on to another topic. Vader just threw, threw his computer across the room. <laughs> I, I did. Wait, I don't know what you want me to say there. Yeah. You know, all this talk about Xbox Live outages. <laughs> but uh, Tim will be back shortly, I'm sure. But uh, I'm going to move on to another topic since we're and sticking with Sony. And Sony quietly moved out of the beta, beta stage for crossplay, meaning that the feature is now available to well, most developers, if not all developers. And really, this gen, Sony's kind of dragged its feet when it came to crossplay, going back and forth on the matter. Microsoft and Nintendo have been playing nice on it. So really, it's cool to see Sony coming around. And we've seen former Sony executives comment about Sony holding back on it. And honestly, we're expected to see more games take advantage of this, including the upcoming Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Now, guys, panel members, are you happy to see uh, crossplay finally being able to like come to all three consoles now for most games? Absolutely. Uh, Downer! (laughs) (laughs) I'll take this one. I'll take this one. I'll I'll be the first. My point, um, and I think I made this thing, the the, the goal here for everyone here is to get cross-platform, cross-progression. I'm I'm happy that um, the way I think modern... Warfare, aside from you know the exclusivity we talked about, the way they've done it, I think is is a template the way it should be done. If you want to play on on, on a, c- a controller only, you play on a controller only. You choose, uh, and and they they've done that with their their uh, game, and I really have to applaud them for that because I think that that's the way to answer the competitive nature of it. If you're on a computer or you're on a, a, a console, if you're both playing on a controller, I think that's pretty even. Um, but the the thing here that I think that our ultimate goal here is if I play my game on Xbox Destiny 3 and then I play that game on PlayStation at my friend's house and then I play that game on PC and then I go play that game um, on Stadia 
I want my progression, and I think everyone here would want the same thing, to be carried over. I don't want to have, hey, half the stats or half the log time because this network doesn't support it. So I think crossplay being, um, uh, you know, being okayed or, or now the standard is a very good thing. Um, and it moves forward to the cross progression that I think that we all deserve as, 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 as consumers. Uh, the other thing here that I would like to bring up, and then I'll... Uh, uh, Downer can say what he wants. Uh, I hope that they take crossplay and they, they kind of, they kind of, you know, embrace it and say, "Hey, this guy's on PlayStation Four, or hey, there's a PlayStation Four clan, and hey, there's an Xbox clan," and they kind of play that up, like you could play it up, or hey, there's a Stadia clan, or and they, they, they there's identifiers. Like I said, I think that even um, uh, modern, the new Call of Duty, does this. So again follow that template they're doing and I think that's a really cool thing where you could bring a lot of gamers together to play and no matter what the platform is. Yeah, piggy piggybacking what Tim said, but if you incorporate it in like the in the pro league stuff uh like that, you know, Xbox yeah. versus PlayStation, I think it be it could be a huge hit. You know, who 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 wouldn't want to have battles like that to where uh, yeah. like X, an Xbox All-Star team versus PlayStation All-Star Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's awesome. Yeah, and we all that's know that. that I would watch. Yeah, we, also, we all know that Xbox players are better than PlayStation uh, gamers, but that's another topic <laughs> for another day. Oh, wow. <laughs> Holy cow. I've made, I've made some statements with that right there. Well, it's true. Ooh. It's 100%. Get a little spicy there, uh, Downer. Yeah, yeah we, we log in more hours of gameplay than Sony fan will ever do, so. Well, it's true, though. I mean, I like the, com the competitive all... scene for it, it, like it would explode to me personally, especially you know seeing the rivalries go on, right? Invader with all those first-party games. I'm surprised Sony fan knows how to play multiplayer games, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We should send this to like Xbox people because, and, and I think even PlayStation. I think these these ideas really are something that I, I really hope they adopt um, because I think it's so cool. Like I think imagine having like an Xbox team or or just even like mm -hmm. being like able to, to to show on a stream that you 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 you, you killed uh, some PlayStation guy and uh, obviously yeah. in the game and you know brag about it. I think it's also mm -hmm. bring 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 camaraderie. Completely. And then imagine you see those leaderboards on who's the best, and you know, yeah. on the the Xbox, 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 you know, because Sony fan would be all the way at the bottom. But yeah, again, well, again there'll be some random topic for another day. Well, I was random PC guy up there. <laughs> I was gonna say it'd be interesting if like <clears throat> they get something on the scale of like a Super Bowl going. You know where you yeah, have where you have the, the, from different divisions, and you'd have a PlayStation division, an Xbox oh, yeah. division, and you can even spice it up by you know not making it just one game. You know, tr you know, give them different games. You know, really go from there. You know, have have round with have a couple rounds with some Fortnite, couple rounds of Call of Duty, mm -hmm. couple rounds of a uh, bunch of awesome. other multiplayer games. Mm -hmm. See, but the. The, the, what you're talking about, and we're all getting excited about, I think it's really cool. If you don't have crossplay, you do not have any of this. So this is why yeah. crossplay 
itself is great. It's that stepping stone to this. Yeah, that would be. Fr- I'm not at the point where I want to take this show and I want to give it to an Xbox executive and say, listen to, you know, one minute and ten minute and just listen to the ideas that were pushed apart. Because you know what? Not not because I want to be the guy that says, hey, look at look look at our show, but because I want people to actually say, hey, you know what? I can implement that, or I should bring that up to colleagues and say, let's bring that up. Because how cool would that be? I think everybody would cool. You had Xbox, uh, PlayStation, PC guys on leaderboards, and you learn about these gamers. Mm -hmm. And even for a a monetary thing for for gamers, it's like another way of income. Like if you're like a top rated gamer and, and, and you're, you're, you know, put on panels and stuff like that, that's, that's an awesome thing. And it just, it could breed so many things. This isn't something that just has to be limited to Xbox or PlayStation either. This could come from the publishers. Imagine EA, you know, you know, hey, we like making money, or even Activision, and they're just like, why don't we start our own championship? Because mm-hmm. at that point, we're not creating that that conflict between the two companies. We're doing this on our own. We're just involving that crossplay. Yeah. Well, remember, wasn't it the Rocket League guys back in the day that said it was just so simple, you know, just a flick of the switch and, you know, cross plays yeah. the thing. Actually, Fortnite did it accidentally. They and yeah. well, they say it was accidentally, but I remember when they they flipped that switch, it literally was a keystroke and all of a sudden Xbox gamers were noticing that there was guys running around with blue lettering a lo- above their names, and that's when the, and they could see the PlayStation symbol next to them. It was something that Fortnite had already created, but they were not allowed to implement it, and somehow it got accidentally, with quotation marks, turned on. I think they did it deliberately just to get everybody chatting about it to see that the implement, like, because there always there was always that debate of like, oh, could the systems really work together? Xbox yeah, versus I, I, I think they, I think hundred percent that they flipped that switch when they did that. They did it on purpose because they wanted to open up. Listen, if you remember, Sony was being the bad guy here. Sony mm-hmm. was being the mindset of, hey, we don't want you guys on our thing. Um, but again, about this console rivalry, I, I, I would love to bring it up if even uh, any of you guys bring it up to Mike. Uh, I think that he, uh, I actually talked to him once about that, and he was open to it. He was like, yeah, he's like, I want the identifiers too. Like, like that'd be awesome. Like, you can, like, you like you have a symbol over, like, like say you're doing a, a kill cam on, on uh, the next uh, Call of Duty, and you could see, like, the PlayStation logo above the guy's head, and you, and you won and got him, or the Xbox, or even if Nintendo ever gets their act together and they get <laughs> Something or a piece we'll of real content. To me, that, that yeah, that's that. See, that's the thing. I've always said that. That's the thing that I think that would bring gamers together, and it would bring gamers not instead of having this divisiveness that we have, it'd be something where hey, we're all in it together. This is something that we all can, you know, uh, we can we can, you know, promote, and you know, we can actually make money off of it. When you can make money off of it, wow. Tim, you and I both know it's a double-edged sword with that. It's there. You're gonna have people who uh, just go crazy over it, and then you'll have other yeah. other people who are the people. Who, well, listen. At this point, I, I listen. I've the reason why I'm excited about like what we're talking about and some of the ideas that that Centurion brought up. Um, is because I've always seen that. I've seen that, envisioned that. I, I think that would be so cool. Uh, but that's just me speaking personally. I don't know if the masses would like that, but I do think that 
It's something that, that they can, you know, we talk about games being unoriginal or, or, or something that you can add to a game or a multiplayer that kind of like li- livens up the experience. Mm-hmm. Well, going going a step further, what if you can interact with a... Um, a corpse? Uh, <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> what a jackass. Um, um, what if you can interact with a PlayStation console? You know, just you hitting up, sending somebody a friend request yes. on a Sony console and stuff like yes, that. That's that, going that's, a step further. Yeah. Yes, that's the stuff that I like. Yeah, yeah. You know, you uh, send out a party invite to all these PlayStation guys or vice versa. Like, all right, let's not get crazy. What about the girls? Hey, of course. <laughs> Of course, yeah. What what if like you can like give them a ham sandwich? Like you can just like. Actually... <laughs> what about if I could order them a pizza? Right. I was gonna say I want you to know, man. That was a good game. Good game. I just sent Domino's to your house on me. Exactly. All right. I, I sent I sent Uber Uber request. I Uber sent you a, a real console, Xbox console. All right. There better be sausage and extra cheese on there, otherwise, you know, I may have to send it back. It's uh, a good segment, though. <laughs> definitely we're gonna have to send that to mike or somebody definitely um but you know a lot of good ideas here guys cross play you know i really like the initiative um to me it's win-win it gives games more life uh you're you can play with your friends without having to you know be stuck on you know a single console uh, you're not segregated, and and really, it does create these interesting rivalries, and I'm excited to see where it takes us. I mean, it could bring in all kinds of new ways to play with each other, and I'm just I'm just excited. And you know what? Moving on, this will probably be our last topic for the evening. And it looks like EA never learns and has some of the worst security around. No, <laughs> I have something to say about. If you look at every major corporation, they all. They've all, they're always a target and, you know, they have more attacks on them than smaller companies and uh, it doesn't matter what kind of security clearance you have or what kind of security firewalls you have. If you're a target like, like uh, EA and you're a target like Microsoft or Sony, then you're going to have people who are going to try to break in. I and think EA has painted themselves to be a very massive target. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Uh, a few days ago, EA had a massive data breach affecting thousands of competitive FIFA players. And what it's about, well, roughly 1,600 players registered to the FIFA Global Series. Now, guys, I got to ask, how do you feel about this situation? Because, you know, EA was being pretty transparent on the matter, but it just it seems like it's an ongoing issue for EA, like, Back in April, there was a real uh, security scare with a flaw discovered in Origin. And then even going back a few months before that, there was another data breach and just goes on and on. Now, is this just an EA thing or as uh, Danner was alluding to, is this kind of like a massive company thing, really? uh, Just look at every everybody's had breaches, everybody. And it's a small scale for EA. Now imagine somebody like Google where it's hundreds of thousands of people or or Microsoft were the same thing. Name one well, company. One, uh, no, hold on, hold on. Uh, uh, Name one company that does never had a breach. Just one. I, I have one for you. I what? Xbox Live really never had a breach. No, that's not true. 
Well, it's never had a breach where giving up, giving up your mm-hmm. listen. You're right in what you say, but really, Xbox Live has never given up your your information ever. Yes. Yeah. To be yeah. fair, to be, be fair, has, Xbox Live has never had the kind of security breach that Sony's had. What What happened in I believe it was 2014. Right. Uh, 2015. Yeah. What happened was is a group known as the Lizard Squad and Microsoft. <laughs> That's the funny part. Now, here's what a lot of people don't understand is Microsoft and Sony came together as as partners to find these guys yes. because th- these individuals basically server bombed. Uh, what they did is they set up a couple computers that would log on to the server like somebody turned on their Xbox and was getting ready to get on the server. And they did this a couple million times. They basically made it to where the servers thought the entire world was turning on their xbox and playstations yeah. getting ready to play some multiplayer and it literally caused the servers to shut down and mess up and this was a very serious issue because obviously it was intentional because they are wanting to affect christmas morning for people because we all know when you buy a game console the first thing you do when you get it out of the box is you got to hook it up to the internet for that initial update and they basically made that impossible because now people basically have just been Sony given was out two days. Yeah, huh? Sony was out, Sony was out like a day and a half. Yeah, know. they were both they were both down. Right. And Phil Spencer has come out on record and said that basically his people was calling Sony and Sony's people were calling Microsoft and these guys were on the phones together it, basically figuring out how they got the servers to do it and they were actually working in cooperation because they did not want to tolerate this and those individuals actually went to jail and the funny part is they actually they actually got another set of hackers that did not that did not get along with this lizard squad and those were the guys that were involved with tracking them down right and they they were Mm -hmm. under the um they were trying to use under the guise of uh, of where they lived. They thought they were untouchable because they were not in the United States or whatever it was. Uh, but they got around that. But a funny story about this. Uh, you know the Xbox lizard that sometimes I have as my avatar and I yeah, joke around yeah. about? No, Tim, we don't. Please tell us. No. <laughs> so anyway, the funny story here is, is that one day we were like, when, when Phil was kind of on Twitter, you know, he was always, he doesn't really talk anymore, but we were like, why don't you like Xbox Lizard? Like, why won't you, uh, why won't you take him in? I think I DM'd him, like, what's, what's your take on Xbox Lizard? And he goes, I, remember, I think I was in the in yeah. that, that conversation. And he was like, he's like, oh, I don't know, I'm not that hot on Xbox Lizard. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, well, like, why? What's wrong? He's like, Ah, that lizard squad thing was uh, kind of—it's kind of the turn. And, and then the <laughs> next day, and the next day, we incorporated in the website Xbox Lizard. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, no, no. Honestly, um, well, Centaurian, great, great uh, history on that. Um, you know, it's a great panel, everyone. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that uh, this type of stuff is is bullshit. And um, the more and more we go on. The more and more we'll probably have to deal with it, but uh, you always have somebody trying to fish for. I mean, yeah. look at your, look at your accounts, EA, the messages. Well, EA, uh, agree, but EA has put a massive target on themselves, like yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Centauri. So yeah, it's not out there with Activision as being the most hated game developers. Activision and EA are being uh, put as the most hated game publishers in the uh, in the gaming industry today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, well, if they offer <coughs> some of their moves, like only some alone, yeah, definitely. Also, don't you notice it's funny that they went after FIFA? You know EA walks around every single day, anytime they get in a room and be like, you know how much money FIFA makes for us? We're making a lot of money. We're printing money for FIFA. If anybody is a hacker and they're like, well, if I'm going to hack EA, I'm going after FIFA. Well, yeah, yeah. after uh, a video I did uh, the other day pointed out, like, just like their ultimate team mode alone, like a mode for FIFA makes about 25% of their revenue now oh, in yeah. total. There's huge FIFA fans. Crazy, crazy. So, of course, oh, you know, my. yeah, so of course people are going to want to get in on that FIFA money. Yeah. I mean, for this series alone, I think the, uh, yeah, for the FIFA Global Series, I think the, there was about $3 million in total in, uh, for the series. That's a huge jackpot. Wasn't there a guy in the past that was like convicted for uh, fraudulently using the FIFA currency? Like he somehow was able to get the currency and was like, like buying and selling the FIFA currency or something like that. I know he got in a lot of trouble. I'm sure. I remember those those FIFA phishing scams, or there was remember the phishing mm -hmm. scams. Yeah, that was part of it. Like yeah. you get currency if you hit this link, and and that was um, people were saying it was a data breach for Xbox. But it wasn't. It was anytime if you're unfamiliar with the internet and um, and links per se. If you hit like uh, you know a certain link, if you interact, um, a lot of times there's a way for it to run a. a, a it initiates a, a program, um, and and with phishing, what they do is is they say, hey, you know, we're this company or we're this. And they're, they're not that company, but they fish to get your username and password. Yeah. And in this case, that's what they were doing. I think they were saying they were from, I don't know if it was EA, but it was it was it was a phishing scam on on Xbox where, I think they were sending it uh, through Xbox as as somebody um, where they were, and then they were getting people to give them because they're dumb. Well, they, you guys, you guys get those fake Apple receipts, right? Where it says there was an issue with your payment. Yeah. Every yeah. couple of days. Oh, how the, yeah. How about the one that I got? I got this is a scam, and this is if this happens, I get a phone call from a three four seven number, which is a New York exchange, and I go, okay, and they say your social security card has been uh, corrupted. It is now um, Baba um, offline, and they well, they they, uh, well, they say press one <laughs> to talk to the guy. So I press one. And I answer the phone, and I get some guy, and I know it's a scam. And he's like, hello. I'm like, hello. How's it going? You know? so I am I just, glad that you guys were looking out for me. I'm so glad you were keeping an eye on my social security number for yeah, no reason yeah. at all. Well, guys, yeah, so for some food for thought, social security and the IRS does not call you. Exactly. Or mm -hmm. even – they they, they will not, they will send you snail mail the way yeah, they will exactly. usually they will send you the old mail um and uh and obviously security so if anybody even says that they're calling you from another company you can always hang up and just say you know send me send me mail or just say send oh, me I mail but in this case uh the funny thing was is that I took the number down so then I call the number back and somebody answers and I'm like, hello, I thought you were lining up on Mr. Social Security. <laughs> so I'm like talking like that. And the guy's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? You called me. He's like, I didn't call you at work right now. What they did is, is they spoofed somebody's number and then they call you with the scam. 
So yeah. another thing is is that the they're phone use- number coming in is not exactly the person that. Yeah, they're calling. using an app that generates a uh, phone number on your caller ID. Yep. Yes. Spoofing, it's called. Yeah, very very annoying. Ugh. But uh, yeah, you know, I wish companies. I mean, I know that these t- companies get targeted, but man, they really need to uh, lock it down when it comes to their data. Oh, but well, you don't care about us; you just care about the companies. All right, Invader. All right. Well, I care and about just, us, just not you, Jeremy. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> the indie gamer says, "Yeah, I get phishing uh, emails like earlier every day." Is a business o- owner, and he says, "Annoying." Shout out to the indie gamer; mm-hmm. he is a regular in the uh, chat. Oh yeah, shout out to uh, indie gamer and the Dazcast crew, of course. Uh, thanks for uh, being a supporter of the show, indie. Uh, love seeing you in the chat. Uh, guys, we'll uh, move on towards the end of the show here. I'm just going to ask what everybody's been playing. Um, let's see here. Uh, Jeremy, I can't remember. Have you been able to play anything within the past few weeks? Really? Really, Invader? I can't remember. <laughs> He's I in the mountains. It. All right, I... look it. The last week and a half, I've been sick with the flu. I, I'm barely able to talk to you right now. I, I, a couple days ago, I had laryngitis. I was talking like this. You can hear me. It sounded like the Godfather. And um, I was coughing up a storm, still coughing. I had a runny nose, a headache, a fever. I was a man. On top of that. Were you um, menstruating? <laughs> well, you've seen them. I've been staring at horses. <laughs> no gaming devices whatsoever. No, he, he lives in he lives in a uh, the. It's an amazing place, but um, I've seen it, and it's a really nice place. But technically, it's like 1950. Exactly. Like from. Okay, you remember the old stories your grandmother used to tell you? Oh yeah, back in the olden days, you know we used to not lock our homes in our cars and stuff. Well. It's like that in Montana. It's like that here in Ennis. And a, a true story. I went to the um, uh, a concert, and it, it's a Bob Seger concert, his last tour a couple a uh, couple of weeks ago. And Bob's when it, when you went to the the stadium, the women were tying their bags and their purses on the fence unattended, just tying their purses, tying their bags. And not one person out of the thousand people, tens of thousand people that were there, you know, they, they didn't take anything. That's the kind of place Montana is. And so I have one question: how much did you, how much did you make off with? <laughs> <laughs> but you can leave your bike on the side of the road. You can leave your keys in the car. You can leave money in in, in the glove department, and not a soul will touch you here. And it's crazy. You can walk around naked. Nobody cares. I don't know about that. Dude, in my town, man, <laughs> you chain a bike to a tree, they'll cut that tree down just to get exactly. the bike. <laughs> you know, well, you, you can... told me everyone knows each other. That's why, like, <laughs> yeah. literally, the, your town that you're living in is what, yeah. 180 people? Uh, 800. 800 people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But All right, guys. So Downer's been playing with tumbleweeds. We got it. We got exactly. it. But uh, Tim Dog, what have you been playing for the past okay, week? Okay, uh, so I finally finished Gears Five, and I um, had to say, um, unfortunately, I had to lower the difficulty in the last act from um, advanced to intermediate. You're weak. 
I listen. I played the game two hours straight and couldn't do it. And I played it again two hours. I was literally losing my mind. But the change of the 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 the, the difference uh, is real big. So I'd still recommend people playing the game on advanced for the best experience or uh, experienced. But realize that the game is going to take you about five hours, depending on skill, four hours more, because it's 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 the way that it, it's a little bit too much. But the other intermediates, like like I breeze through it when I had it when I went to intermediate. But I have to say, the game for me, I gave it a nine point five for the story. Uh, it really uh, emotionally got me, and, I, and I'm a guy that usually is. Like you know, hard to do that. I felt like they really. Did you cry too? No, I never cried in one game. I I cried at the end of Red Dead (laughs) Two. I I felt bad about that, but I never cry. I I I kind of hold back. I I don't think I cry in movies. I think maybe one. Well, I didn't bawl my eye out, but my ears, my my eyes got a little wet. I will definitely say that. I mean, yeah, you know, (laughs) just my God, he's gonna go out like that. I just. I'm just stupid like that. I feel like I can't. I'm not allowed to cry. But well, anyway, now that, we're all sharing, uh, now that we're all sharing, I cried in the Lost Odyssey where the mother died. I don't know if you guys remember that scene, but that was a sad scene. Yeah. No, but Invader, your turn. I have to say though that GS5 um, was 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 all that it's. Um, uh, put out to be and then i and then after i finished that uh quickly i played man of medan uh i think jeremy you should try this game out uh and i also wants me to try out on, until dawn because i played this game it's a game made by Supermassive, and it's um kind of like a game where you don't do much interaction you kind of like pick comments that you make and and you use kind of like a walking simulator but a little bit more than that yeah uh, i am enjoying it um but i do feel that uh that the type of game it is it lends itself more to an until dawn than this type of game but i have to say i'm enjoying it and uh maybe play it tonight i'm looking to play a couple of hours uh i from what i played i'm about an hour, two, two three hours in uh, i recommend it all right, all right, Centurion, buddy. What have uh, you been playing for the past week? Well, uh, like I said earlier, I've been all over the place. Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, a lot of Destiny Two. Um, as soon as I get uh, af- off of the show here, I got to go to the store, and as soon as I get back, I'm gonna actually fire up Greedfall and give that a shot and see uh, what that game's like. Um, I'm also still dabbling around in. Um, what is it? Link's Awakening. Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. Oh, that's cool. I may as well share. Uh, I finally finished up Gears 5 as well, uh, along with Tim. And, uh, you know, I'm still kind of processing the ending of it because... I anyway, mean, is that what Canadians call processing? Is processing? Yes. It's processing. 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 Hey. Hey. <laughs> Hey, don't get me started, all right? You're near the border, all right? So, uh, you know, <laughs> you you be nice. Oh, my goodness. 
But I don't know. I I, I like there was aspects of Gears Five that I liked and aspects that I didn't. But I I, I enjoyed the game for the most part. Uh, I played bad, more Bad North. This like really this small indie strategy game that I've just been really enjoying. I'm right at the end there, the last island is giving me all kinds of problems. But it's a really enjoyable game. I suggest every. I just suggest everybody. Hey, if you want like the a little game to play uh, with some depth to it, check it out on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, and also, I've spent some time with Batman Arkham Asylum. Like I, I've been mean to check out this game for ages. Everybody's told me about it, and I'm I'm really enjoying the game so far. I'm just like I'm going right through it. Man, there's a lot of quality there. I oh my god, I beat that game twice. This is your first time playing it? Yeah. Wow, man, you've been missing on on a real gem. Yeah, tell me about it. I uh, well, hey, you know what? Like, it just you know, it depends on the time, right? There's so many games to play, right? And you you know, you choose one over the other. But I tell you, like, you know, I mostly, you know, back in the day, I had a, you know, I didn't really think of uh, comic book based properties and games as highly as I do now. So you know, I'm checking them out now, and oh, man. The what cool part about that is you get to carry on to the other the other two games, at least uh, Arkham City and Arkham Knight, mm-hmm. and the stories actually link up pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've read into that. It looks pretty cool. I already have uh, Arkham. I guess it's Arkham. I can't remember. I must. I guess it is Arkham. What's the, what's the one after it? Uh, you have Arkham City, and then it goes Arkham Knight, and yeah. If you're if you're playing the remasters of Arkham Asylum, it probably because at least as far as I know, it's like a like a twofer. You buy one, you get the other. Arkham mm-hmm. Knight is the one that's actually purchased separately. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all in Game Pass. Well, those ones are in Game Pass. So of course, I'm going to check them out. They're both downloaded for me, but honestly, I can't wait to go right through them. Um, but with that said, guys, I believe that's it for tonight's episode. And a big thank you to everyone that joined us live. Dreadpool, the Indie Gamer, uh, Dragons TV, Other Zinc. We got all kinds of good people here. Midway 7 Monster, uh, Gaming Beyond the Box, The Geeky Nerd, Shiz No Elite, all kinds of really cool people. Thanks for hanging out with us. We really appreciate when everybody tunes in and just listens to us talk games. And hey, if you happen to like the show, then definitely share this out and leave a like. Also, check us out on podcasting services. We have links down below for all for there for Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all kinds of other podcast services. So great show, guys. Tim Dog, where can the Xbox fans follow you on? You can follow me at uh, xCloud Tim Dog on Twitter. Also RDX every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. And uh, that's where I'll be. I'm very happy uh, Downer made it. Uh, he definitely um, is one of the funnest podcasters I, I podcast with. So hope to see more of the uh, Downer. How dare you give him a compliment? All right. Hey. <laughs> Centurion, where can everybody find you at? Well, they can always find me here every Sunday kicking it with you guys on TXR. But I'm also on Saltiest Gaming on Thursdays, the Shop Podcast on Saturdays. And you can always find me on Twitter and YouTube at Centurion1307. Tell my buddy PTK I said hello. I will definitely do that. No, PTK is awesome. He's a good man. That he is. 
Mr. Downer, again, thank you very much. It was great having you back here. You know, we're really excited to have you back on the show. Where can everybody find you on? I'm only on Twitter at LoneMasterWho07. That's it. All right. Simple and plain. I like you, that. You can like also it. find him in a, by a, a garbage can in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Playing with a tumbleweed. Playing with a tumbleweed with a cigar in one hand. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, iron pocketbooks that are being tied off to the, to the, uh, to the stop sign. Dude, I was blown. When I seen that and I seen bikes... Literally yeah, in the middle of the street. Yeah, it's a culture shock, definitely. <laughs> yes, that's correct, fellas. And of course, I'm Invader. You can find me on YouTube at Invader Gaming, and I'm pretty active on Twitter at Invader underscore one nine eight six. It's been a blast, guys. Thanks for joining us for the show, and we shall see you next Sunday. Take it easy. Peace. <laughs>